Oh boy, here we go. Follow up episode to yesterday's episode. We uh, did a deep dive into pretty much all things horror movie related. Then we started to get into rap music. And towards the end of that conversation, we started to get into this conspiracy territory. So I told Dom, hold up, wait up. Let's make a whole podcast just dedicated to the conspiracies that either we know about, believe in, or just think are interesting. So I got Dom here once again. Dom, what's up? What up, bro? How you feeling today? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. It was a really nice day out. Took my dog uh, to a little park, ran around with her for a second. Nothing too big. What about you? Nothing, man. I actually got uh, suckered into working today. My only day off. So oh, it wasn't too bad, though. The day went by real smooth. Nice. Nothing bad happened. Thank God. I'm off now, chilling at the house, man. It's real nice. Loving it. Nice, nice. That's good, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's always good when it's just like a smooth, eventless day at work where you just get in, do your job, get out, and there's no problems. I love that shit. Yeah, no annoying customers, no mishaps, nothing. That's fucking great. So, yeah, man. Um, so last, last episode, we had left off kind of starting to get into conspiracy territory with what we think is going on with the rap music industry and just, you know, where that leaves us as a culture. And before I start fucking talking my head off, I'm just curious, like, where do you think things really are, like, behind the curtain with rap? So I feel like it's more um, it's more in control and in the hands of, I would say, these execs and the CEOs of all these big record companies. I feel like, I mean, it's been from the start. Let's be real here. It's been from the start. Music scene is always owned by... Not to sound, you know, not to get racial. It's always been owned by the white man, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. as the overall. You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of projections, what's allowed to be out, things and such. So I feel like it was, in a way, for a, a in a conspirator's mind, it was played about in the perfect way how they started. To me, the beginning of rap, earlier rap, it was more, um, what's it called? It was more substance like it had a way po more positive message and you know it got a lot of people into that scene of music but when you look at it from a standpoint you got to kind of understand where it went from and where it's at now now i feel as though they started it out that way in a good sense it was like okay let us get the majority of who listens to this music on board with this and we know who that is that that would be black folks mm -hmm. no doubt about that that was the first fans of the music probably still to this day the more populated uh area fans but i feel like it was played perfectly we get all these fans all these listeners in we're gonna have all these guys talking about good positive shit making it out the hood of uh, going away from gangbang you're doing all these things right so kind of like like when you when a fish would see a fish hook you know it's like it's dangling right in front of them do I go for it? Do I not go for it? Boom, they go bite it. Now you got them hooked. And now, look where mm -hmm. we're at. Now I, I kind of feel like it's 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 used in a good way to to demoralize mainly black folks. It's it's a way broader spectrum nowadays because of how many different fans are in there. But I feel like the main core of it was for that because it was built on what I feel to believe is was a good thing, and then they kind of just took it. Now. now, now look, like we talked about in our last episode. Look at the state of rap. Look what's so popularized. Look what is so 
heavily looked for, heavily wanted by these consumers. It's like you can't help but see through everything with this, man. It's like we're promoting guns, drugs, jewelry, cars, women. And, you know, I understand at the end of the day, as a consumer, if you're of age, it is your own responsibility, it is your own choice, what you pick and choose to listen to. Now, with that being said, this younger generation of people, they have access to so many different things that we might not have had as kids that it would be a little harder to parent and advertise, not advertise, and um, just have control over what your kids listen to, you know? So they they know what they're doing with a lot of these songs and a lot of these music videos, a lot of these artists in terms of the subject matter to get a younger generation on board with thinking this is all I want to do. This is all I want to be. This is the cool lifestyle. This is what I idolize. This is who I look up to. And I think it's it's bad, man. I mean, we, we see how much it is out here in the media now. It's everywhere. And, it, and it's like they've kind of created this this image in people's heads that it's like, this is the greatest thing on earth you can be, is, is a music artist, a rapper, and all this. So I think it it affects kids' minds in a way that they might not even be aware of because who 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 wouldn't want to think that who wouldn't want to have a whole bunch of money who who wouldn't want to be known by the world as this in the media's eyes this uh this glorified person although they could be doing whatever behind closed doors and i don't know mm-hmm. man it's just I, I see it and i'm very glad that i'm aware of it because i know i can listen to a lot of this music with what i do and don't like and not let it hit me on that level at least not as hard as it has others but at the same time, I'm aware of everybody's not the same. Everybody cannot differentiate the music from wanting to live the lifestyle or just pleasure, entertainment, and enjoy from listening to a song for its beats, maybe for its lyrics, whatever it is, without letting it affect their everyday lifestyle. And I see that. I see people struggle. I see people go through stress. They're mad because they may not be in these positions. They're thinking anybody can get to this position when it's, it's honestly, it's all false, bro. You can't. Everybody on earth cannot be a rapper everybody on earth cannot be an artist you cannot be a celebrity it's it's, it's the cold hard truth i'm sorry to say it it's not realistic yeah. everybody doesn't have everything it takes to be that so i definitely think they're aware of this and they use it as often as they can to manipulate people to an area that they would like them to be in truthfully dude you said it man it definitely is this sort of uh mass control mechanism where, I mean, what better way to sell the uh, live, the American dream than through rap, than through like catchy music, you know, because mainly what rap is, is telling you is that, oh, if you come from nothing, you can not just be well, like not, oh, you know, I can pay my bills. I got a nice car, you know, I have a, a, a modest home. No, no, no. You are supposed to be flying private jets, just the king of the world. Nothing can stop you. Like this really like this selling the story of excess rather than selling a story of moderation and of just sort of humbleness, you know, and I think uh, rap has become the major vehicle, <gasps> sorry, the major vehicle for that because it helps the, it helps capitalism. I mean, if people believe that conspicuous consumption is this is the same thing as success like in order to be successful i have to get x amount of chains x amount of cars x amount of houses rather than saying 
no, I can just feel good about myself. And that's what success is, yeah. you know, to, to get people to that point, it takes some, some convincing because I think we all naturally just want the things that make us happy. Right. Not every people don't wake up as four or five year olds and say, I want a Maybach, you know, someone has to teach you that, you know, you have to be taught that that's what you should want. And, um, I think, uh, rap as a teaching tool, as a, as a brainwashing tool specifically, I don't think there's anything that's been better. I don't think there's any marketing technique, any cigarette commercial, anything that's even come close to how rap can market items or products. Like we're, you know, people talk about how these uh, old fashioned houses like Gucci and Louis Vuitton are in this new unseen, unfettered level of, um, of profitability. I mean, they've always been, you know, very profitable, high-end fashion brands. But in the past 10, 15, 20 years, they've seen a level of success that they could have never dreamed of. And that's all, that's almost completely due to rap music, talking about Gucci, talking about Louis. I mean, if you want your product to sell, get a rapper to start rapping about it or make a song about it. And people are just going to mindlessly go and buy it. Like, why do I, as a middle class, regular American, know about a Richard Milley uh, watches? You know, like those are that's specific. It's such a specific, um, conspicuous uh, consu- con- uh, consumption item that is only meant for the absolutely most uh, just you know just rich out of your mind type of person. The person who could spend a million dollars on a watch that has a rubber strap. Like you've got to have million dollars, a million dollars is to be like a $20 bill for you to be able to buy something like that. Yeah. And they got but people who some- that's a goal for bro. It's like, it's, it's actually crazy because realistically this is a materialistic item. And I mean, it, it, it would literally hold little to no value when it comes to what's truly important in life. But when you're always having it flash in your face, somebody's always talking about it and don't get me wrong. These are, these are great looking watches. I'll, I'll never take any credit away from these companies and the design and the make of their watches. But if we're being real here, you got, like you said, you got kids talking about Richard Milley on my wrist, Audemars, this, uh, Patek Philippe, like all this. And it's like, realistically, you're these, a lot of these kids talking about these things, unless you get lucky, unless you know, all praise to you. If you make it big and majority though, let's be real. Let's be realistic here, bro. Majority of us, we're never going to touch any money like that to be able to blow on something like that without being stupid, at least excuse my language, but You'd, no. you'd have to be dumb to maybe your whole life savings make up to just get something like that. So you're very you you are right with that. And with the designer fashion, all that stuff, if if we really go back and look, you know, look, maybe a cool. Let's say the, some of these companies that were around 40, 50 years ago, who who were you seeing? And it started out in Louis Vuitton, your Gucci, your Tom Ford's, your Versace, all this. It wasn't wasn't many black people. It was mainly white, it, it was mainly white people. It was mainly Jewish people. You know, it, it it was it was the races of people who, for years and years now, have already at least monetary wise have been hundreds and hundreds of years ahead of the rest that would that would fall under them. And now, like you said, I I barely see those two races in them all the time over social media on the TV wherever I'm looking at them. It's mainly all black people, and I feel like. To have a strive for success isn't bad, but like you said, if 
this, this this shouldn't be a part of somebody's success and i'm not knocking anybody and i can't say what people should and shouldn't do but you're basically being given a false sense of success by thinking this is what it yes. takes to make it this is what i need to be successful it's not that this is a an item to purchase that that almost never correlates with success realistically right and and uh no you said it right there like <clears throat> there really is this bizarre um a thing where you see people who like imagine like this is this is how brainwashed rap has gotten people right imagine if all of these rappers with the money that they get from their just from their advances from record labels i'm not talking about what they're going to make over let's say five or six years but just from a five hundred thousand dollar advance ten rappers get five hundred thousand dollars that's five million dollars they put it they put one of that million into a trust or into some sort of, um, you know, uh, some sort of financial instrument, and that money is supposed to go towards the community that they came from. So, saying, I'm still going to spend, you know, my money. I'm still going to do my thing, but a percentage of everything I go that comes to me is going to go back to my community. Imagine if rappers had been doing that for just one generation. What literally one. a lot of this is just literally one generation. The amount of money that has passed through the hands. Of, of so many young black men in the past 10, 15 years, it is a travesty that these places like East Atlanta, like North Miami, like East and uh, South Los Angeles, like fucking all of the South side of Chicago still look the way they do because you've got people that have come out of those places that are multi, multi, multi-millionaires. And it's not just um, rappers that, that don't do this or, or that don't look at their money as an instrument to better their environment. I mean, if you look at how ball players spend their money, if you look at how um, just any uh, black person in entertainment, when they get money, how quickly it's immediately handed over to uh, wealthy white companies through the exchange of designer goods, through buying real estate in white areas, to like, it's all just going right back into the white economy rather than it going back into the black economy. And, um, that's brainwashing to me. That's just that ha that that has nothing to do with them wanting to be white or them. I, it literally has to do with they have been droned into their ears that you need to get Louis. You need to have a house in the hills. You need to buy a Lamborghini when you get money instead of start a fucking start a black car company. Start a like y'all y'all have enough Jay Z has enough money for that. I, I don't want to hear this anymore where people are like, oh well, they just got this money and da da da. No, these people there there are rappers who've been rich for 20 years now. So I, there's no excuse anymore. Like <clears throat> when white people when certain white ethnic groups uh emigrated to this country in the 20th century they didn't immediately when they, they when they became let, let's say like Lithuanians, Italians, Polish people when they when they were able to take over certain industries, whether it was unions or lumber or or gas and oil or whatever it was that they were able to get into, you didn't see them turn around and then just start buying luxury goods. No, they put it right back into their communities. They bought entire blocks of housing and fixed up the houses and made them look good. They invested in their schools. They they put they put money in trusts for their children. You know, like there was this, there was this real um, conscious effort to create generational wealth, and that's like such a buzzword now in the black community: generational wealth, generational wealth. And it's like it shouldn't be on 
the I mean, of course, people in business, black business leaders, of course, should be creating general wealth, uh, generational wealth. But the first group of people that we should be talking about this to are entertain people in entertainment because they were the first. They were really the first line of black people that were able to make millions of dollars. So, absolutely. Yeah. If you're in entertainment, I want to hear you talk about it just as much as I hear, you know, uh, people in that are in black tech or people that are in in black banking and stuff like that. They're always talking about generational wealth. I want to hear Young Thug talk about that. I want to hear, um, you know, any of these rappers. And I think it should be corny. Like this is this is how upside down it is. It should be corny if you don't have generational wealth instead of saying instead of it being cool that you just put every dollar you have into a car one house, you know, if that, and 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 a and a wardrobe and some shoes. That should be cornball shit. Like, yeah, you, you should be viewed. How much stronger? How much more uh, impressive would it be if if and and a few rappers have gotten this. Like, Lil Boosie really understands this because when you look at Lil Boosie, he's got six kids. They're all taken care of. They can all do whatever they want for the rest of their lives. They all have got tons of money. Um, Birdman, the same way. Some of these guys have really figured it out. Specifically, what's interesting, a lot of the Southern rappers have figured that out. Uh, but you got a lot of these rappers in the North, specifically from Chicago and uh, you know, and New York and stuff like that, where it, they are so much more concerned with their material items than they are with their legacy. And it's like, what happens when you die? All this stuff is going to get repoed and it's over. So what? It's that that was it? Like that was the whole thing? Like how cornball is that? You know? But yeah. So it almost, it almost seems like that's the point they were trying to make without making it. What do you mean? Like, like, like the people themselves, like with, with how little amount of thought they put into the actual process, it's like you would think their end goal was to be like, well, I don't need to leave anything because I got all this money now, but they, they don't do it the right way. They don't go about it the right way. They just think, let me spend it now. Let me just get all this money as quick as I'm getting here. There's no way I'm going to run out. And then a lot of these guys go, like you just said, they go spend it on pointless shit that realistically in the next five years may not mean anything to them. And then either holds no value or it never had real value to begin with. It just looked like it because of who had it. And then you're kind of left with nothing afterwards. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, like uh, J. Cole has a song, uh, 1985. 1985 was the year he was born and he's literally on the track talking about like the age the or current age of rap it's on his uh kod album it's the last song if i'm not mistaken mm. and um in one of the bars he says uh what he says uh I, I, oh he says i'm happy that you made it out your mama house i hope you make enough to buy your mama house and it's like People, you know, most people will listen to the bars, listen to what he's saying and just say, oh, you know, that's clever. That's a cool little play on words. But he's got he, like he's literally giving out tips and pointers on this song to people like he's literally telling these new age of rappers, these guys that he's seeing that he's probably seen a hundred times over with his time in the game and the exact cycle that they fall into. You get on, you get big off of a song or maybe a, a video or something you put out, not necessarily at the start popular for your craft itself, right? And, um, mm -hmm. you go, they go out, they get these, like you were just talking about these, they get these advances. Let's say you get a million dollar advance from your record, which is a lot of money. That's mm -hmm. like the, the, the like median point, unless you're like a super, super talented, like there's no way you're not going to make it no matter what you do type of artist. A lot of these guys that will get this million and then it's, you know, like me right now, if I was given a million, I know not to blow it. I know what I would do with it exactly point mm -hmm. by point to keep it 
invest or do whatever I got to do. But he's basically pinpointing that a lot of these rappers, they get out they're They're young. These guys are like 18, 19 in their early 20s. They get this money. They only know so much. They've only been taught so much, God forbid, from where they come from. So they get this and they go blow it. And then they're like, okay, my next album will come. I'll make my money back. I'll get money from this, 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 and that. And then they don't, they don't have a a, a strong structure towards, like you're saying, the generation, the generational wealth, the the building something from your money, the investing side of it, the keeping your money, making your money work for itself. It's like, it's so, it's so situational. It's it's never like always long term. It's kind of just present term. What can I do now? I'm not going to worry about what I do for later. And it's, it's, it's damaging all in all, bro. It's just, it's, it's destroying a lot. It's destroying core values that I feel like already kind of were on the decline. And I don't know, man, I I just, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we as people can kind of, can kind of get to the point where we don't rely so much on what these, these people say. Cause if, if you really think about it, a lot of people hold artists as like such a high, high regard that they don't even really look or dig deep enough to see like what, where's the good in this person? I don't mean they're bad. When I say where's the good, I'm not saying you don't have good in you, but it's what we know this person to be. We only see people through the media. So it's very easy to make their life look good, to make them come off as a good person because they're being seen the majority of the time when they want to be seen, not when they don't want to be seen. You know what right. I mean? So I hope like we... Like as consumers, as fans, I'm not, and I'm not telling nobody out here that's that's gonna listen to this. I'm not saying don't listen to your music. I'm not saying don't have your favorite artist. I'm not saying you can't align your musical taste with this person just because of a way that they move in their real life. But what I'm saying is let's let's stop taking in so much information from these people, thinking these are who we need to be following to right. be successful, to learn these things from, because. There's millions of people who are probably unheard of that can give you a lifetime more worth of info in a quarter of the amount of time that a lot of these rappers can, bro, because of how right. it's how it's said, how it's given off. You know what I mean? So I think not that I'm like blaming us as the consumer, but a little bit of it is on us for what we do and don't follow and what mm. we, we, we know to be real and not real, I guess. So that's all I meant. Like, let's you know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, and that's I think that's a, such a great uh, PSA. Like, stop paying attention. <gasps> stop paying attention to these artists as if they have some sort of wisdom behind them. They they're probably your age or younger, and they they the only thing that separates them from you is that they have a little bit of money. There's not anything, and it's really the fault of our culture teaching us that money equals virtue. That someone should be listened to just because they have money. That someone should be uh, what is it called? Um, that someone should be, what's the word, emulated because they have money. And, and there is a degree of success that, you know, explains their money. And people are usually excited or interested in how can I duplicate that success. But beyond that, you know, you shouldn't be looking at these people as like moral uh, or ca- or characters that, that you should be emulating in any other way. And to be quite honest, I think it's a great segue into one of the other things I wanted to talk about, like conspiracy wise, man, I think the behavior of rappers has gotten uh, markedly worse in the last like five to 10 years. And I think like it's really been, this is my personal conspiracy theory. It's, it's definitely been um, encouraged by record labels for rappers to be reckless, to be drug addicts, to be not aware of, of their financial status, to be uh, frivolous with their money. I think 
there there's a bigger design and i and and these people are not stupid right like record executives especially people like leor cohen or uh guys that have been in the business for a very 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 long time they've seen rappers come and go they've seen trends come and go and above it all they've stayed afloat they've stayed them they've kept themselves making money so you have to ask yourself how does a guy like that keep themselves above water for 20 30 years in one of the most treacherous industries that there is which is music and i really believe that they have figured out a very good method of control for these rappers meaning that i think getting them addicted to drugs getting them massively in debt to their labels um get, having them having all the you know when you see all these diamonds and gold and chains on them you know what happens when they when they default on one of their contracts all that shit goes to the record label and then it goes to the next rapper you know the record label owns all that stuff the publishing company owns all that stuff you know when when you see a rapper just suddenly move in to a fucking multi-million dollar estate with no credit like yeah that's because the label hooked that up for them yeah. so i i think they they get these rappers and from these very poverty you know uh very uh critical conditions and if you've seen in the last five years they've been reaching farther and farther down the economic chain and getting more and more desperate rappers people who are in very very dire situations where you know that rap came out of the you know the ghettos and hoods but there's a specific level of like there's a specific level of desperation that i feel like these record labels are looking for because they know that these particular kids and kids mind you these are 17 18 19 year old uh people they're not going to question what the record label is going to do to them as long as they're out of this dire situation where they could, could very well be killed in a very uh you know in a matter of weeks or days you know if it weren't for this record label st stepping in and changing their lives completely so if somebody gives you a million dollar advance on a record deal and you haven't had more than you know a hundred dollars to your name ever um you're gonna do what that person says you're not gonna read the fine print you're the lawyer that you find who's gonna read all these contracts to you is the the label found that lawyer for you you know like all this stuff is set up so that these people can't see above you know the water that they're being put in and i think that's just the way that these record labels can control their revenue can make sure that these rappers are staying uh on that label and not questioning you know hey am i getting robbed here am i making too little and just keep them on tour keep them busy keep them on drugs and i think that's the way that these these record labels ensure that when they do take a risk on a 17 year old kid from Southside Chicago, we're gonna control every aspect of this kid's life and we're gonna make sure we bleed him for as much money as we can. And then when he's done, we'll drop him off on the other side and he won't own anything. If he, you know, he couldn't have been smart with his money because he was never taught how to be financially responsible. So that's not their problem anyways. And um, I think uh, what you see too is that when these rappers are kind of out after their peak or after their initial explosion, there's usually this time, and it doesn't happen with all rappers, but there's a few of them like Juice World, XXXTentacion, um, Draco the Ruler, where they start to become savvy. They're like, okay, so I just, you know, a record label just picked me up, Empire Records just picked me up. They gave me all this money. I did well on this album all right, I want to do this second album, but like, do I want to stay with Empire? Because I feel like I should have made more money than I did. Right when they start questioning stuff, usually they die. 
Usually they die from a drug overdose. Usually they die from somebody coming at them in a crowd and shooting them or stabbing them like Draco the Ruler. And not to say that these record labels are specifically killing them, but they're making it very easy for these kinds of things to happen should one of these rappers, like it's almost like um, keeping, keeping a certain amount of bad shit around so that once one of those bad things happened, nobody can really look at the situation and say, oh, that was a freak act. Like it wasn't free because they were doing so much bad stuff. It was only a matter of time before one of those things got them, right? So I think that's what it is. They keep them in in these cycles of drug addiction, of being around bad shit, having bad people in their camp. Um, Or it's as simple as, okay, you've made all the money that we need you to make. We're just going to make sure your security guard is a little bit relaxed for these next couple of days and see what happens. You know, like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, you you know, and it's like when when you've been encouraging these kids to make murder music where they're talking about murders, where they're they're um, they're basically uh, bragging about real life events like with King Von and stuff like that where you're aiding and abetting that you are inciting violence. You are getting them closer and closer to um, some sort of flashpoint. And I don't think that's by accident. I don't think 27 deaths of major rappers in the last, what is it? Five years is an accident. I don't think, I think that speaks to a a larger pattern that is, is benefiting these, um, these uh, record labels, because the minute this guy's dead, you don't have to pay anybody anymore. And now you've got his streams forever. Forever. Yeah. And that's, no, you're, you're actually, you're, you're a hundred percent right with that because it's people have to consider, man, something, something unlikely to have such an often occurrence at, at some point or not, if, unless you're just truly blind to it or choosing to be ignorant to it, you have to tell yourself by some point, it's not coincidental. This is not just coincidence. This is not ironic. It's, it's, this is something much bigger at hand, playing its part, doing its role, anything it needs to, to get to the goal that they do. And I mean, like, like you were just saying how, like when these rappers start to get towards, like, I don't even want to say, I don't want to say independent status because it, it, it almost sounds like I'm putting them in that box with independent artists. But when they're almost breaking out, like when they're getting their freedom, not even just as a rapper, as a, as a human being, as a living person, yeah. it's yeah. so crazy. Like I was I always one one of my bigger conspiracies that I that kind of had me like right from the start kind of wondering was uh was Nipsey Hussle. Now, for people who aren't familiar with Nipsey Hussle, I know he's not the most important. I know a lot of his fame came more so after he died because it was everywhere over social media with the videos we've seen of it, which I think is terrible to be posting the video of somebody dead online, especially right as it happens. Aside from that, one of the main things, and, and here's the crazy thing to me with conspiracies as well. You will almost, if I give you a percentage rate, in the times of these passings, when information is out and giving out, because, you know, everybody's got the Internet now. People are so good at finding info that maybe you and I aren't as quick to find just from wherever. It's how, it's how the Internet works. People find shit way quicker, way more thoroughly. Um, the first thing I seen that was like the main headline was that he was it was related to gang. Uh, like It was gang related activity because we all know. Mm-hmm. Nipsey also was a Rolling Sixty Crips. Was a Rolling Sixty Crips. So that's one of the, that's one of the most infamous 
gangs known to man if you know anything about gangs this is one of the longest running gangs that has been around and we're we're aware of what these gangs do we've we've seen videos we've heard stuff we have a, a slight idea of what they may do maybe not firsthand but we know so that was like the main headline everybody was saying was the cause of his death right so me i'm a fan of nipsey hustle i was upset when it happened because i you know sometimes you, you hold these rappers to such a high extent you're like oh he's not gonna die from that he made it out the one thing, if I give you that percentage I was saying, I would say it's about 80% of what we're wanting to believe that you're able to see. And then maybe a 20% of something that would people would say is hearsay, crazy, batshit crazy, whatever. Maybe the 20% I was seeing was about the year, a year before he passed, maybe a little bit less time than that, six, seven months. Nipsey Hussle was doing a lot of traveling around the world, mainly to places over in Africa. He was trying to learn more, learn about, learn more about his culture, where, where the people come from, um, what they did back in times before we had things like the internet and the radio and TV to get in our way of everyday life of what we do as humans was he was a heavy follower of uh, Dr. Sebi. Are you familiar with him? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So I tell the audience. So Dr. Sebi was this guy who basically came out sounding like a madman to everybody because, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was back in the late 70s, maybe like mid 80s, maybe maybe even a little bit after that. He had claims that he was curing people of all of these diseases and viruses that even we still today are being told are the hardest things to get rid of if they're even possible to get rid of. He was curing people of blindness. He was curing people of cancer. He was curing people, if I'm not mistaken, asthma, like all the like curing you from asthma, not giving you an inhaler so that you can live your life and it makes it a little bit easier to breathe. Curing, ridding your body of these things. And, and it wasn't just like the normal kind of cancer people are thinking, oh, my head, it's, I got it, uh, my hair is coming out, whatever. No, I'm, I'm talking all types of cancer, these, uh, uh, what's it called, STDs, all these things. And mm -hmm. he's got like books, he's got, uh, manuals that all credit his work, but he actually was one of the few people who, with making what seemed as though such a wild claim, beat the court back in these, in the 90s. He, he actually went to like, uh, he came over here because he, he wasn't from America and he wasn't doing his practices there, but he came here and actually beat the judicial system with his court cases because he literally had, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it was close to like a hundred patients able to come with him to show and testify and prove what he was saying was true. Now, keep in mind, Big Pharma is one of the biggest money makers in America. Huge, huge industry. I, we're talking... It, 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 there's no way it's not past the billion dollar industry now. I would say there's no way it's not past that because of how long this has been set in stone. When you have a guy coming out with all these kind of claims, what would be the first thought that comes to mind? Me as a person, I'm thinking we got to get rid of these people. You're getting in the yeah. way of my plan. You're 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 trumping me at things that we've never been trumped on before. So basically, like, even though he had a way smaller gathering. And my gathering, let's say I'm in the hundreds of millions of people on my side and he's got maybe tens of thousands. Doesn't matter. No matter what, that small group will eventually grow and grow and grow the more research and studying that's done. So to bring this back, Nipsey Hussle, a lot of this time, like I said, the six or seven months before he had passed, 
he was talking about a lot of these things and even in his music and interviews wherever it was it wasn't his main focus point but you would see bits and pieces of it here and there and um he was actually getting ready to and was already in production of directing a documentary of dr sebi his practices his follows the things that he was doing um all of his uh procedures his methods all like a whole crazy thing and then it's like not even a year later you're hearing this guy got killed now i'm not saying oh the u.s government seen this seeing that he was on track to doing this and moving more and more towards it but it is a little eerie to me that for the majority of this guy's career only so much talk like this was coming out not necessarily even just dr sebi just just uplifting his people teaching his people the right way to be telling these people hey you don't you don't have to be a rapper this is how you do this this is how you build yourself up we need to get a black community going we need to do this we need to be helping our people offering our people jobs safe neighborhoods proper eat it, it was it was on such a broad spectrum you wouldn't even have thought this guy was an actual gang member because our idea of a gang member today at least is a, a guy that doesn't care about anything but his gang activities and his leader his boss his boys whatever it may be and the things that come with being in a gang so to see a guy like this actually go do that it was a little odd to me that that's what what he ended up dying after it wasn't like he was still out in these streets at least not According to what he was saying, he was he actually broke free from it. I don't know if you know, he had his um his own store open, the Marathon store over on Slauson Ave, bro. And it's like yeah. he ended up, if I'm not mistaken, purchasing the whole strip. And he was literally yeah. hiring people in the community, kids, uh-huh. all the like like kids. Uh, it was a lot of black people. It wasn't only black people that were working with him, but he was hiring all these people who he knew in his mind. He he came from these same situations, bro. This guy was. He was broke as a kid. They that's why they got into the hustling, selling drugs, game banging, doing all that. So for somebody who made it out and got to such a high point in their life, to me, if you don't look back and see these same these same uh people, like you if you don't you can't see yourself in these kids that are doing the same thing that you're doing and know you don't want that same cycle to continue and repeat, in my opinion, he was going the right direction for it. He was helping his community, he was giving back, bro. Like I in one of his videos, it was one of his last videos out, he pulls up to his marathon store. You see a guy driving by. The man appears to be homeless. He's pushing a shopping cart around. He's got clothes and stuff in it. This guy pulls up in a fucking Mercedes-Benz and S-Class, like a car I would I would dream to have, you know? And he tells my man, although it's not much, he tells him, you know what, bro? Hop in my ride. We're about to go on a ride. Most mm. people won't do something like that, and I hate to say it. Most people wouldn't. They would have to worry about too many things. They would think too much into it. They would look at the homeless man as a failure in life because of whatever may have brought him to a state of living that he's in. And here's this guy, a multimillionaire. You would think would have things to worry about coming from his gang-related background. Mm -hmm. And as small of a gesture as he did by letting this man drive in a car like that, that that man probably wouldn't even think to put his hands on, it probably Mm -hmm. changed his entire fucking life, bro. And and that's just where the video ends. I'm sure more than that happened afterwards. I'm sure he looked out for the guy, helped him, maybe gave him a job, whatever it may be. But that small little act of kindness, which probably meant little to nothing to Nipsey, probably changed this guy's whole life, bro. And and I I think we need more of that type of, like, exposure Mm -hmm. of these artists. I don't want to see Little Pump with fucking Johnny Dang getting a new iced out chain, a new iced out grill over here talking about, yeah, bitch, I'm this, I'm, you could never, this, I don't like that boastful shit, you know, I, I like a, I like a humble, yeah, I have this money, but this money didn't make me, 
I made mm-hmm. this money. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm the reason I got this money. This money ain't the reason I'm who I am. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like not to get too sidetracked, but I, to add to the damaging aspects of rap, the boastfulness is a huge one. It's, it's teaching. And then a lot of this music, like, and I, and I'm a fan of shit talking rap. I like when rappers get on their shit talk. I love it, bro. Because sometimes you get some of your best lyrics you've heard from these people, but at the same time, it's teaching these people, these consumers to be that same way, mainly black folks. If you look at it right now, like you said, how black people aren't really big on building back and giving back to the communities. They're more about, oh, I just made this million. Fuck you. I got more money than you. You ain't going to get shit out of me. No, that's that's the wrong way to look at that, bro. It, it really is. If you got a million, your partners are around you. These guys ain't got little to no money to their name. Their house is fucked up. Their mom's crib is fucked up. You're not supposed to be over here. Oh, I don't care what they got going on. I made this by myself. I'm going to keep it to myself. To me, that's the wrong way. That's the wrong way of going about something. And it always will be. If you got it to give, I feel as though you should give it. And that's that point blank period. And and you see the more savvy guys who understand that like very basic principle that if you're somebody who's eating, you can't eat next to people whose plates are empty. Um, People like... Dame Dash. That was something Dame Dash. There was a hot, uh, not Hot 97. Um, what was it called? Breakfast Club interview from years ago. You got to watch this. If, if anybody hasn't seen Dame Dash on the Breakfast Club, this had to have been in 2014 or something like that. He's wearing uh, he's wearing glasses in this one and got and has like a plaid button down on it. exactly which one he's got the tie on too i know exactly which one you're talking about yeah, yeah. And he's he's there with two other guys that are like his like guys from the street and he's talking about how he was like man you know if you're out here and you're and you're you're with a group of men and you're and you're paying for all of these men's lives they're gonna start to resent you because no man wants to be taken care of they want to be the one who's taking care who's taking care they don't want to be looking at another man for for money. They they want to be look, they want to be doing their own thing. So he's like, that's why I make sure anybody that's with me has something that they're generating that they're making on their own. And of course, I'm going to help them do that. But then I'm going to make sure that they're doing it so that they can come to the table as equals. Is basically what he said. He didn't say it like that, but that was yeah. basically what he was saying. And you know, when you see that kind of spirit start to arise in these um, in, in these different groups that are in, in the rap or entertainment game, you typically see something come in the way of it. And I'm not saying that it's like always murder. I'm not saying it's always some sort of death, but it's, there's always something that happens that doesn't allow that to grow and spread. Meanwhile, the ethos of, oh, I'm, I got this and you don't, they, that's, that, that's viral, that's trending, that's all over the place. And these rappers who do that, they don't get touched. When when have you ever heard about Lil Pump ever getting touched for anything? Anybody ever coming after him for his chains or anybody ever coming after him for for money? That's never happened. But you see when one of the when somebody like um, you know Draco the Ruler who you know was really making street LA rap something you could never hear outside of LA. He was starting to make it popular and he was doing it his own way. And on top of that, he didn't really need a major record label to make his music popular. It was just that authentic that people were really starting to get like closer and closer to him as a major artist because of just how real 
and how um, how from his actual reality he was representing himself. And then he he he, he you know uh, unfortunately dies. But it's like the minute these guys t- start to not need outside um, uh, outside scaffolding or outside support, that's usually when something happens to them. It's never when they're doing the song and dance that these record labels that the mass media wants them to do. It doesn't matter how negative that song and dance is, if they're doing it, they're always protected. They're always, you know, whisked away in, in black cars and their their security's on point. And nobody ever makes a mistake. But once they start doing things their own way, that's when, oh, well, you know, he shared his thing on Instagram and then somebody shot him. And it's like, why wasn't there somebody, why, why didn't somebody very close to him who's paid by the record label tell him, Hey man, you're a major artist. Don't share your location. You are you are no longer a regular person. You you're have a target. To, you're a target. No, they don't do. They let them do whatever they want. Just you know, okay. Well, oops, he got shot. Well, now we own all of his masters. Doesn't that suck? You know, yeah. it, it's just, it's starting to get tiresome how common that story is, and um, I think it, it's benefiting too many of the wrong people, and it's and it's making the um the talent pool smaller and smaller where you're starting to like see rappers that have no business being as popular as they are are only popular simply because there's nobody else around you know like Kashi and peace to hey peace to Drake right I'm, I was gonna say I'm gonna say something right now that a lot of people aren't gonna like but peace to Drake he's a great he's listen he's he's triple a rapper great uh sure. musician awesome performer, all that stuff. He has no business being as famous as he is. He has no business. No. The only reason, the only reason why he's that famous is because so many of these guys keep dying and he's the only one that stayed away from all that shit and his, and is using, he's like, uh, a, he's like one of the last legacy rappers that's still consistently working, consistently putting out, uh, uh, music. Um, and because there's just this vacuum of, uh, of, like talent he's just going to stay on top because there's really nobody else to compete now let's take the and Donald, i want you to tell me what you think about this let's take the clock back to when there was a guy named xxx tentacion alive and and making music do you remember when drake scorpion came out yep i know where you're going with this too already so drake scorpion came out and it went from number one to number five on the top billboard albums, right? The first reason time why, too. the first time ever, the reason why it got knocked off was because of a guy named XXX Tentacion had released his album. Now, what you're looking at, what you should have seen and what everybody started to recognize was, okay, this is the natural torch passing moment. Someone like Drake, who's in his 30s, is now being usurped by a newer, younger, more uh, eclectic, interesting sound that's coming authentically out of the ether of of rap. Who that was XXX, right? He was something that was he was something that was completely new. Nobody had ever heard of him, or nobody had ever heard anything like that. Um, that sort of perfect synthesis of singing, rapping, screaming. He was doing all the genres at once. He was really creating. Uh, this sort of um, multi-use sound that nobody had ever heard, had really ever heard in that kind of harmony before. And what should have happened in a world where there was no manipulation, 
is that someone like XXX would bring, would usher in a new era of rap. There'd be new artists that sound like him and people like Drake would, you know, quietly start to retire. They do a few more albums, they do a goodbye tour and then they'd be done. They'd be out of the ecosystem. But what happened? XXX Tentacion dies. He's tragically shot in Florida. And to this day, we have very little understanding of what happened. We know that he was uh, robbed apparently. And the weirdest thing is he knew somehow that he was going to die. Now, this is the part that I stick to. Why was it that when he was having a dinner with the, um, I think the guy's name is Ghazi or something, the uh, the manager uh, at uh, Empire Records, he was having yeah. dinner with XXX. He said to the guys, he said, oh, I'm not going to make it to 21. He somehow knew that his talent was too, his, his fire was burning so bright that he would be snuffed out eventually. And why is it that he was so sure of that? And why is it that that came true? These are the questions that I have. And why is it that that worked so conveniently for someone like Drake, for someone who went on to steal his flow? Someone, you know, all of these legacy rappers that really should be out of the ecosystem by now. But every time something new and something fresh comes up, that something is always snuffed out. Why does that work so well for so many people? That's my question. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I personally, um, you know, pe people, you look at Drake, for example, Drake comes off much differently in person, not that I've met him or anything, but from what I've seen, what comes off is genuine and real. He's much different from how he portrays himself in his music. You know, Drake Drake had this little period of time where he was talking about uh, guns and mm -hmm. mobs and all this stuff. And it, we're being real. That, that was never the Drake we knew. That was never the Drake that we loved that made such big success, came out as us knowing he was the next big thing. We, we knew it right from the start with this guy, right? So kind of a perfect uh mask to have on you know because people assume that if you rap and only talk about certain things that that's your actual truth of life which we all know that isn't true at all you you can rap about anything and be about the exact opposite but if the people like the music they're gonna like your music so i actually remember uh around the time that uh xxx got killed it was uh, if i'm not mistaken he was on his way to purchase a motorcycle normal life Probably not yeah. something you're telling everybody that you know, because why would you? It's unsafe. I doubt yeah. he was doing that. I don't think he was stupid enough to be like, I'm, I'm going to go do this. I'm, I'm going to give you an everyday play-by-play -play of my, my daily events, right? So, he, he, you know, he goes to get his motorcycle. He probably puts his purchase in. He's leaving. He's got a big bag of cash strapped around his chest. Whatever happens, two dudes run up, get to his car, trying to rob him. He gets shot and killed in the time. Now... When that happened, of course, my, my first thought was, I'm like, damn, you know, these little these little young punks. He's in Florida. Mm. Uh, I think it was he's from South Miami or from somewhere else. No, he's from uh, near Miami. He's from South Florida. Though, OK, basically. so yeah. it's, for, for those of you who, who are going to be tuning into this, that don't know, South Florida is a very dangerous area in America. Very dangerous. It's it's you, you could compare it to any other dangerous area. You can think of you can compare it to Chicago. You can compare it to the depths of Detroit. You can compare it to South uh, L.A. You know what I'm saying? East L.A. So regardless of all that, I'm thinking in my head, OK, these are just some young, jealous punks. They're mad at this guy's success. We're going to come kill him, take his stuff because we don't like him because he made it and we haven't. Or maybe he's talking shit on his songs about people who, who knows what it could be. Right. I'm thinking the normal things that everybody else would then. In the depths of a Twitter post, I'm just 
scrolling, 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 reading comments, seeing what people are saying, seeing how people are receiving this. The majority of it is sad people. They're mad he's gone, this and that. Then come across something that grasped my attention way quicker than anything else I had read that day, and that was that Drake had this man killed. So first, I'm, I'm thinking Drake. I felt like soldier, but I'm like, Drake? No, nah, <laughs> not him. No, this guy isn't in this shit like that. You know, he's not getting anybody killed. He's not sending anybody, right? Then mm-hmm. I get I get lost in this conspiracy stuff. I really do, bro. I, I'll go down a hole I could barely climb myself out of, you know, even with a ladder. So I'm just searching, searching, looking at all these things, trying to connect the dots. Why are people saying this? What's what's the deal? You know, I come across basically the starting point of it. Now, XXX's breakthrough song was his song, Look At Me. Go search it up. I, I still like the song to this day. It's got very energetic vibes, gets you hyped, gets you in the moment for whatever you're going to do, whatever it may be. You listen to a song, you listen to his how he's rapping, his flow, his cadence, everything. You're like, okay, this this is new. I haven't heard nobody doing this like you were saying. This is fresh for me. Not too long after, Drake dropped Scorpion. He's got a specific song on there called Guile, I think it's Guile Chester was the name. Oh no, KMT. KMT is the name of the song. It's got a Sonic the Hedgehog sample and I think he's got one of the UK rappers featured on the song. Mm-hmm. Soon as the song plays and Drake starts rapping, if you've heard Look At Me, there's no way your first thought wasn't, I've heard this flow before. Like, like perfectly down to the T. Every single thing. The, the, the rap, his bars, how he's saying this, each pocket he's hitting with his flow towards the beat, all this, right? So I'm like, wow. This is crazy. And that was like the, the first thing people were saying that this had happened over. And I'm you know, again, I'm still in disbelief at the point. I'm, I'm not in agreement with it at the time. I was like, no, there's no way. Then I'm still searching. I'm coming across lots and lots of things. I came across um, somebody pointed out in the video. I think it's the sicko mode video. Travis mm-hmm. Scott and Drake. Mm-hmm. There is a part. During Drake's verse, I, I can't remember the exact lyrics, but at the time that he's saying these lyrics in the video, it happens very quick. I The video I watched, somebody had slowed it down to really show you. And if you see in this one part, I think he's talking about something along the lines of like, I don't know, killing an op, getting mm-hmm. over on someone, some some shit like that. When you have it in slow-mo, slow frames, you look at the character that they had play. It was literally a spitting image of XXX. And in the video, he gets like tossed out the way or he gets like shot or something hits him. I forgot exactly what happens, but it's basically pointing towards his death in the video. And I was like, I seen that and it kind of kind of blew my mind a little bit. I was like, wow. I'm like, you know, why would this man ever include something like this in one of his songs? Why? Why even joke about it? Why point towards it? Most artists would never do that. It wouldn't really fit well as an image of something that was easily seen, which this wasn't because a lot of majority of people didn't see it until it was slowed down, until a video was brought about. And most people didn't pay attention anyways, even if they did see what it was, you know? So the, and the timing of it all was just, the timing of things is what really grasped me. The timing of wh- why would this be released? Like these, if these record execs or these labels, they know, they know every single little detail they're going to put into these music videos, every single thing. There is not a point missed when they shoot a video, they want you to see exactly what you are seeing for whatever reasons they have. Any little thing, anything you could think of, it's there for their reasons. So I seen that and like my 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 disbelief started to lower a little bit and go more towards my belief of it because 
I'm just like, how how is this? I've seen pictures of Drake lyrics in certain songs or people like he's talking about X. And there's very specific and detailed things that would only be synonymous to the two of them. Nobody else. It wasn't just like he was uh, throwing like like uh, he wasn't like sub like we call it subtweeting or, or just uh, subliminal uh, dissing. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to say something that can apply to somebody. And most people might know I'm talking about them, but I'm not saying it's towards them. A lot mm-hmm. of his lyrics afterwards were coming out that way. And it was I don't know, man, it was all just like a really weird area area for me because I'm like, man, like, is it, this is what is happening. You got in, in our generation. Easily the biggest artist would be Drake. There's, there's no doubt about that. For our generation, he, it, it would be Drake. He man goes number one every time. He's the most popular. His shit always sells well. Majority, if not all of uh, fans of rap, you, you know, I don't care who you are. You got some Drake in your playlist. And you can't say that about every other artist. I know artists who get zero plays. Drake yeah. is not one of those artists, bro. Like, like anybody has a Drake song that they like, which I, I, I'm a fan of Drake. I am. He makes good music. He's consistent. Yeah. I'll give him that. But at the same time, that doesn't, you can't overlook the fact of how, like I was saying in the beginning, how these people may really be as normal people. We don't know them as normal people. I know Drake is Drake the superstar, Drake the rapper, Drake the actor. None of us know Drake in his everyday life. So him mm-hmm. being toppled the way he was by X and that never really ever happened to him at all, ever. He was always yeah. on top, always number one. So who knows, man, it could have just not sat well with him. Who knows what happened? Again, I'm not saying he called someone up like, man, you got to go kill this guy. But it's a little ironic, man, that as soon as X comes out calling out Drake saying, you know, bitch, you stole my flow. Fuck Drake. All these things. Not too long after that, dude just gets killed. He's in Miami all the time, bro. He, he's in Florida all the time. He's he's mm-hmm. at, he's in his hometown. And we didn't really hear much about this guy not being liked too much by people for the same reasons we would know rappers not to be liked by. I, I don't think he was involved in too much gang activity. I don't think he was into selling drugs, things like that. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. Oh, it, was yeah. all, it was just weird to me, bro. It was like, man, like this kid, I understand X has this image and I understand later on after he, he dropped, you know, we got a little more of a look into his personal life. I, you know, there's there's things he's done that I don't agree with. There's things everybody has done I don't agree with. But to say, does that mean this man deserves to have his life taken over something so small, some money or that maybe the real reason who we'll never know. But who know who who's to say, you know what I mean? So I don't know, man, I I, I believe rap had its hand heavily into the stirring pot of X's death for sure for sure was right yeah i think at the very least we can say that who did it and why that might still be up for the conversation but to say that it was a totally random event to say that all that stuff his his uh foresight the xxx foresight and knowing that something was going to happen to him None of these things happen. Uh, none of those things are something to be ignored. You know, that's, that's ever. what I would ever, ever. But yeah, man, we're at an hour. This has been great. I mean, we could definitely talk more. There's so many other uh, topics and subtopics we could get onto. But you know how I like to keep these things one hour tops. So yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming on, and we're definitely going to keep you having me. Yeah, we're definitely going to keep trucking next week and uh, we'll have some better, you know, some some more uh, topics that are going to be, you know, probably in this vein for a little while. I, I like this this uh, this frequency we're on right now. So I kind of want to keep it going. But uh, yeah, yeah man. thanks again. Thank you, brother.
All right, bro.